0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Ronald takes the snap, looks left under pressure. Bullets one over the middle, and he's got Crowder. At the 10, cuts it back, at the 5!
2: McDougal.
0: And he
2: is in for a catch. touchdown. That's over the middle in the air. Picked off. Brian Fool to the end zone. Touchdown. There
1: goes Donald and Bill. He's doing it all for the Jets.
0: And welcome back to another episode of the Cool Your Jets podcast. We're your host Ben Blessington and Michael Nania. You're listening to the third and final installment of our Adam Gaze Deep Dive with special guest co-host Robbie Sabo who is the co-owner of Jets X-Factor. You can find parts one and two on the Cool Your Jets podcast feeds on iTunes and Spotify. But if you'd like to follow along with the video component of these pods, you should subscribe to the Jets X-Factor YouTube page um, just to follow along with the plays that we're talking about. So without further ado, let's just hop right into it. How can Gase adjust how he uses Le'Veon in 2020? Um, You know, Obviously, this situation is just microcosm of the Luke Falk games for Le'Veon trying to do it all by himself um but is there another way that you think that Adam Gase you know could be using Le'Veon Bell that he didn't do enough in 2019 because when you get a guy you know I know Gase didn't want to sign uh, a big running a running back to a big deal and that makes sense uh he was probably right about that he prefers a running back by committee approach but he Le'Veon Bell is one of the best playmakers in the league and there has to be an answer even if your offensive line sucked last year hopefully that's going to be a lot better this year. There has to be a solution to, to using one of the best playmakers in the league, right? Nope. <laughs> nope. Not at all. Running here's backs, the, here's an outside run for you though, by the way. So running guess, backs
1: are a product of their line. Uh, I mean, we've seen it so often. Uh, I, who was in the Super Bowl last year? Raheem Mostert and Damian Williams. They have great yeah. offensive lines. They have great, you know, I uh, did it's, this is what they do. They put Sam Darnold under center. They run a, a stretch, an outside zone to the left side, right behind that big man on, at, on left tackle, and go right up Makai Becton. I mean, that's. Other than that, I don't know what the hell. the The only other way, Gase, you could you could maximize a terrible offensive line, is if your quarterback is just that damn good. If he if he could do anything in every situation. If he could take advantage of first down um, and pick up 70, the quarterback has to make up for it, like a Peyton Manning, like a, in that mold.
0: Yeah, here's an example of a flexing Le'Veon out wide. And you're right. I mean, a part of the reason they didn't do it was because um, you saw the New England game and just exactly what happened with that offensive line. I think I do think Le'Veon Bell is, is at his best when he can get – maybe not at his best, but he's, he is good at when he can get in space, um, as you'll see in this Browns play. Um, just to use some of that patience. But you're right. I mean, I think if you have a poor offensive line, that's not really going to happen. Hopefully with a better offensive line and a more athletic offensive line, not to mention better run blockers at receiver, and especially in Denzel Mims, compared to yeah. a guy like Robbie Anderson and, and Demarius Thomas, you might get more outside runs uh, from the Jets.
1: Yeah, no, that's true. And that's a real, Blewett says it all the time. And that's a real big factor for sure that everyone overlooks. You know, uh, Keyshawn Johnson was a tremendous blocker. Corbett were They were great. Curtis Martin, that was great for Curtis Martin with bill parcells in 98
0: 99 here's an here's an example of demarius thomas's run blocking if you'd like to see it watch thomas right here ready mm-hmm. three two one hike no i'm not gonna do that all right oh lord
1: <laughs> what was he doing it looks like a crack but it doesn't look like a run where it would have been a crack situation
0: I, I think know. he just. I think he just don't decided he didn't. Doing. He didn't want a piece of Jabril Peppers at all. He just looked at him. And he's like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm just gonna. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't see that. It's a Business but, decision. Yes, that was it definitely is. that was Cam Newton in the Super Bowl 100 percent right there. He was just yep. no. Okay, sorry, Le'Veon. Yep.
1: Nope. Now Le'Veon's an interesting. Listen, he's a he's a talented back. Uh, great hands, great route running, great feet, great hips, great vision. His vision is his top attribute. Speed, he's not a fast guy. Um, you know, he, he but he's a weapon. Uh, I would not have signed him. I, I was vocal about it beforehand, and it has nothing to do with Le'Veon. It's just, it sucks for running backs, but running backs have become so devalued in this league time and time again. A, it, it depends on everyone around them. You know, you could find any guy, plug him in, and win a, win a championship.
0: Now, here's a question for you Would you pay Derrick Henry? No, if you're the Titans, no. How really? old is Derrick Henry now? Um, I don't know. 25, Michael, 26. Yeah, 25, twenty five, twenty six. Yeah, twenty five, twenty in time for his first contract. And this, he's franchise this year. Yeah, I believe so. I'm not quite sure. I just know he's that he's, he's looking for. Tw- oh, getting
1: up there. <laughs> yeah, I probably wouldn't. But and I, mean, I think Robbie,
2: what you said about running backs being devalued. I think that just in these past ten years or so, as the league has become so passing centric, I think we've all just collectively, as you know, football observers, just realize how contingent their success is on the offensive line and we as Jets fans got that lesson very clearly this past season signing Le'Veon to this huge deal and then you see he can't do anything if you know the blocking is as bad as it was so I think we just really have all kind of because you know running backs have always been you know star players on football teams been hailed as that way but over these past over this past decade or so I feel like we've really all just kind of realize that they're not; they do not have a lot of control over their own production, and right. it's just that's the reason it's such a tough position for you, uh, for for them to really be able to control what they're doing and why it's not smart to pay them. Why you see cheap running backs in the Super Bowl so frequently, especially with New England. But but like you said earlier, with Bell's skill set, the biggest thing. Uh, with him, it's that is all these facts about running backs not having control is just even more so the case with him, because what he likes to do is play those games with defenders, set them up outside, come back in, be patient, play the play the blocks of his teammates, maximize them. Uh, if there's no blocks to, maximi- uh, to maximize, he's not going to create any value for you. Like you said, he doesn't have long speed. That's the one thing he doesn't have. Right. So. For him, as much as any other running back, he's very dependent on the box in front of him.
1: Yeah, he's more so dependent. And it's a shame, too. He did everything so great last year. Leader, off the field, everything the right way. He was patient. He sent the right messages. I mean, when you talk about this stuff, it's nothing personal. You know, people people went crazy when I said, please don't sign Le'Veon Bell before last year.
0: I actually remember that. It's it's <laughs> I remember it's, your Twitter feed.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's not personal. It's it's just it's just the way it is. It's the way salary cap works, man. If it was George Steinbrenner, nineteen ninety-eight Yankees and there was no salary cap, sure, bring him in. All
0: right. And then uh and by the way, really quickly on that subject, when was the last time the Jets were really good? It was when they had a top offensive line. And because of that, they had an amazing yeah. run game. But it was it really is it really does start in the trenches. It's how well can you protect your quarterback and how well can you get after the other quarterback? And those 2010-2009 Jets, mean just had such a dominant offensive line that they could run all over teams, give Sanchez loads of time. And then Rex on the other side was just wrecking havoc on other quarterbacks. Yeah. And that was the key to success that the Jets and Joe Douglas are going to try to get back to, hopefully this time with a much better quarterback.
1: It's a football crime of the highest degree that they haven't – selected an offensive lineman, first-round offensive lineman since 2006.
0: You would think that, that those Rex years would have been – the Jets should have been able to turn into an offensive lineman pipeline, that Rex, although he wasn't the GM, would have understood from watching those teams that we need to be the be- have the best offensive line in all football. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's surprising that instead they went with the other side, which is, I guess, a tier defensive lineman, which yeah, not work took, out too well.
1: I mean, they had young Mangold, they had young Brick. Uh, And then they took, uh, you know, they had Fanica. They found Slauson. Slauson replaced Fanica. So they still had three really young guys. Uh, Then they took Dukas in the second round in 2010. It is interesting that they didn't grab another one or two more guys.
2: 2012 to 15 is where they really should have looked at it. That's when Mangold and Brick were getting closer to the end of the
0: line. And then the other supporting pieces kind of fell apart. They never went to it. Agree. I mean, they had two first-round picks. They went with D. Milner and Sheldon Richardson. They took Quentin Colebills in 2012. Yeah. I mean, Calvin Pry. I just yeah, I don't, uh, don't even want to go through it. A um, few more things to talk about here. Uh, one, you didn't really think you wouldn't describe Adam Gase as an aggressive offensive coordinator, would you? Describe him as a creative one as we run through some of the. This is honestly, you could just uh, put Benny. You could put Benny Hill music to this play. As it's uh, which one's this? Oh yeah, <laughs> pitching it to Darnold's injured thumb side, by the way. So Darnold has to chest pass it. Um, I have a few examples of Gase, you know, getting a little creative uh, with it. But just kind of your thoughts on Gase mixing it up and not uh, just running the bread of the, you know, the run of the mill Jeremy Bates offense. I feel like that the timing was off at of this one. Like Crowder's
1: way ahead of the snap.
0: This is, all, this is first. This is the first drive, so they presumably practice this play a lot. But yeah, timings, timings off. Crowder's way ahead of the snap. Yeah, I'm not sure. This play, this next play after this one is actually a play I really like, which is where they line Griffin up at right tackle. You'll be able to see it better in the other angle. But if you see the first play of the game against Miami, Griffin's lined up at mm-hmm. right tackle. He's eligible. Um, yeah, and he's eligible, and they run him down the field. Uh, and then Thomas, I think, comes across the motion. And, and Darnold just throws it to Tom. I think he just dirts it and throws it away. But Griffin gets wide open on this play. If Darnold hits it to him, uh, there's two angles on this play. But watch. Griffin gets wide open. I mean, if he just throws that, but the pressure's yeah. there. At that point, you'd like to see probably Donald just you know stay strong in the pocket and, and throw it up to, to Griffin. but
1: It's tough. Danny, it was, was this the play that you, you put in? Yeah, this slack? is
0: the one I brought up. Okay. This was an
1: interesting yeah, he one. Could, if he could – if he sees it right away, he should stand up, stop drifting, notice the pressure. There's going to be a free runner. He could stand up, maybe lead him, and throw it out there. But that's it. I mean, he's got to do it. He's got to see it right now. Stand yeah. up, bail on the on the play action. Stand up and loft it out. He's got to throw it a lot earlier than he wants. But
0: yeah, I think tough, it's tough play. It's one of those things where it's the first play of the game, so presumably they practice it a good amount, uh, despite the fact that they're not able to practice that much. So you would think that Darnold, you know, knows his reads, and that, well, obviously he knows his reads, but knows that he probably can hit Griffin here. I wonder if this, you know, the fact that he's coming off of his two worst games as a pro. The fact that he's three weeks away from Mono, he didn't want to, you know, take a hit and just throw it up and potentially get intercepted on the first play of the game. I, I does kind of wonder if why he's hesitant instead of just throwing it.
1: Well, the the safety blitz. Number is that number 21 a safety or a corner?
0: I think he's a safety though. We'll go back to it. Um, I don't him actually bl- know. I'll... Him blitzing blew that whole play up. Right.
1: And without think... him blitzing, it, it's, a, it's a play that's going to work.
0: Do you think Thomas is the first read here and not Griffin? Do you think Thomas is more of a? Do you think Griffin's more of a decoy for Thomas when you watch this play? Or do you uh, think
1: normally you would you would read Griffin one, Thomas two, especially putting the tackle eligible? Griffin's definitely the first read. You wouldn't go through all that trouble to go low to high. You'd go high to low. I'm Griffin surprised.
2: One. Well, if the safety didn't blitz and say he maybe covered Griffin in man or he covered around that area in zone. Wouldn't wouldn't Griffin then be covered and not be open?
1: Well, you're gonna you want to get that safety on play action. He's in the box, right, so you want to yeah. get him freezing as well. Like you got fifty two.
0: I'm really so surprised. That's the hope. I'm really surprised donald doesn't throw it here because if you watch this middle linebacker, I mean he's running for his life. I mean he right. knows that that's David Harris on a halfback wheel guarding a Patriots running back. I mean that's that's <laughs> that's what that linebacker looks like right there. Yeah.
1: Or throw it deep if you th- if you out throw him, you out throw him.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Just just throw it up there for Griffin. And I mean, that could have been a first play touchdown, but um, it's, it, this is an example of Gase, I guess, being creative. You know, I don't know if I describe him as one of those, you know, top offensive creative minds, like, right. you know, with Casey and Baltimore, but you know, I, he's not running the same Jeremy Bates, you know, Chan Gailey, Marty Morningwick offense. I do think that he has the ability to mix it up and run some, some interesting concepts.
1: Yeah. F- from a play here's where I stand from a play caller standpoint. I've seen some good things. I've seen some bad things. I think I need to see a legit old line to, to really give my judgment from a head coaching perspective. I'm more down on him. The, the head coaching traits that it takes um, the communication, the leadership, that stuff he, he has to make up in my mind. So I'm willing to, I mean, man, Tannehill started 24 games of a possible 49 in Miami. How the hell is that possible? And then, and then Darnold gets mono. Is there a black cloud above this guy's head? How is that possible? Right. So I got a, it's I got and he was not. McCarthy was my first choice. McCarthy was the guy I wanted.
0: And when um, you think about the guys that McCarthy oversaw as a quarterback, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, I feel like Sam Darnold would fit really well into the types of uh, systems that those two guys ran. And I, I agree with you. I think McCarthy would have been the perfect hire Mac- for the Jets in retrospect.
1: McCarthy was my first choice, but you know what, I need to see, I got to be fair. I got to give him a fair shot. Give me a league average offensive line before I could judge him.
0: Right. And it is important to remember without Gase, there would probably be no Joe Douglas here. And Douglas right now is is the one that's keeping my optimistic uh, approach right now. Joe Douglas,
1: I firmly believe in because he came in on the first day and and delivered a mission statement. No other GM has delivered here in a long time, which it starts with the quarterback and both lines. A line McCanan didn't utter in five drafts
0: Yeah, definitely. how much better would you feel about the team if Greg Williams was the head coach and Adam Gaze was the offense coordinator?
1: Um, not that much difference. <laughs> maybe a little maybe a little more optimistic
0: Josh Allen would probably Josh Allen would probably have five grand on his head if, if Greg Williams was <laughs> yeah. the head coach. Yeah but but let's be
1: honest. Greg Williams hasn't had a hell of a head coaching career himself.
0: that's true. That is true. Um, Last little piece here. And this is, this is the Demaryius Thomas block. I was going to touch on it, but um, the last thing was um, before we just close it up with just talking about Adam Gase's future. How much do you think the improved supporting cast will help Adam Gase this year, ignoring the offensive line? I think that's the biggest one, but I think as, as a whole, I mean, you do lose Robbie Anderson, but I do think drafting a guy like Denzel Mims and Brashad Perriman seems like they may fit Adam Gates, or at least what Joe Douglas was trying to get in the draft um, or this offseason. You know, explosive playmakers. They bring the run blocking. Um, how much do you think that will help Adam Gates' offense and the fact that they're getting Chris Herndon back? Um, this is a play right here where again kind of what I was talking about where Darnold predetermines. We should to play like this earlier, but they're both running nine routes. Crowd is coming over the middle. The safety's showing you that he's guarding they're double teaming Robbie essentially. Uh, And Sam just decides beforehand that he's going to go to Robbie because he doesn't trust 80-year-old Thomas to get open. But Thomas gets him with the double move, and that would have been six. You know, if that's Perriman and Mims, maybe it's forcing him to scan the field a little bit more. But, Robbie, just kind of your thoughts on the improved weaponry for Sam Darnold, Adam Gase, and how that might help this season.
1: Yeah, I I like the receivers a lot better this year than last year. And uh, a lot of fans are down on the receivers. They you know, don't think there's any talent there. They should have got two receivers in the draft. I mean, the way I look at it, was out of the equation. Anunua could never have been relied upon. You've got to play games. So it's Anderson, Demarius, and Crowder versus Perryman, Mims, and Crowder. To me, Perryman is so much more talented than Robbie Anderson. It's not even close. The, The issue is reliability. Perryman has been injured way too often, and Robbie Anderson's played more games. As long as Perryman plays and Herndon plays... I don't think it's a question. I think the weaponry is a lot better.
0: Uh, Michael, your thoughts on on paraminimums fitting into Gaze's offense? Yeah, I think the biggest thing
2: with the weapons is that you look at the tight end slot and running back spots. I think you have top 10 to 15 receiving weapons at those three positions. Crowder is a top 10 slot easily if you look at his numbers. Bell is easily a top 10 receiving running back. Uh, and then Herndon, I think, does have the potential to be a top 10 tight end. It's look, yeah, look at
0: Herndon great. on that block, by the way, on this, against this Giants. I mean, watch him on this play, not to cut you off, but, I mean, just to show what the Jets were missing from their tight end blocking. I mean, he holds that block up.
2: Yeah, they really could have used a lot more a win, of that. America. I don't think he's
0: the greatest blocker, but
2: he's definitely better than Griffin and Daniel Brown. But I think he can be a top 10 tight end when he, over the last 12 yeah. weeks, Uh, of 2018 he was producing at a top 10 level and he was a rookie Uh, and most rookie tight ends who have produced the way he has have gone on to be stars he was in the range of guys like uh, Mark Andrews Hunter Henry Antonio Gates so I think he has the potential to be that Uh, so if you look at those three positions I think they're really good there and then with Perriman and Mims like you said I think um, Rashad Perriman definitely has the upside to be a lot more productive than Robbie Anderson It just comes down to Uh, can he acclimate to this offense can he stay healthy Uh, because he's been so up and down in his career and then with mims i absolutely love that pick his upside is tremendous the things he can do as a blocker and as a receiver his his nuance as a route runner at the top of routes to create separation and then make those contested catches he can be great it's just a question of what's he going to do in his first year we saw last year there were so many year one stars uh your one-star receivers, Debo Samuel, Hollywood Brown, A.J. Brown. Uh, is he going to do that? I don't think so at the, at the level those guys did, but can he be solid in year one? I think that's what you're hoping for. But long-term, I'm really excited about him.
1: And think about it like this. When you're thinking about these receivers, you in this league, with these rules, you want guys who could win one-on-one, who could get contested catches, who could routinely make over the sh- – uh, behind the shoulder – plays. Robbie Anderson's not that guy. I mean, we've seen, we've seen behind the shoulder plays from Robbie at times, but Merriman or Perryman and Mims do that and can do that routinely. So I think that's big for Darnold in one-on-one situations.
2: Yeah, And especially for Darnold, I think they compliment him really well because we know how aggressive he is and he hasn't had the, the big bodied or contested catch receivers to compliment that. The best we've seen is Herndon in his rookie year. And that was a great connection but they really missed that this past season when they when they didn't have him so to be able to have two guys who can get it done in the red zone can win a contested ball on a 9 and route, is going to be back shoulder back shoulders too that's something he has not have had at all uh, mm-hmm. in terms of the back shoulder game Robbie's missed uh, Robbie Anderson missed a few of those uh late last season so to have those i think it's a great compliment for him and it's going to help fix a lot of his biggest deep passing uh, the man passing against man coverage. I think there were some numbers that he wasn't great in that situation. So they're going to help plug a lot of his big Sam Darnold's biggest weaknesses. Uh, and I think with Denzel Mims, like you said, the there are a lot of things people fawn over with uh, wide receiver prospects, their ability to create after the catch, their 40 time. Uh, and there are, there are places, there are times on the field where those things come into play, but to be able to win one-on-one to grab, uh, to grab the ball out of the air Beat a defensive back in a 50-50 situation is so important. That's really uh, where they can add value on a consistent basis. And I
0: think with Mims and Perriman, you have two guys who could do that. All right, so we've looked a lot at Adam Gase's offense, seeing some of the things that he does well and some of the things he hasn't. We've looked at some tendencies, some opening drives. We've gone through some drives. Bottom line, Robbie, what do you need to see from Adam Gase in 2020 to, to validate uh, keeping him around in 2021? And then the second part of that question, do you think he will be the head coach in 2021? Do you think that he can do those things, or do you think that Joe Douglas will most likely be looking for um, another head coach uh, in January?
1: If I gunned him my head, I would say he will be the coach in 2021. I think uh, the O-line is going to be much improved. I think Denzel Mims is going to be a star. And I think Darnold will show enough to make it to the next tier that he needs to make it to, uh, which means Mekhi Beckton is for real. Um, Hell of a
0: draft I, class for Joe Douglas in that case, by the way. <laughs>
1: yes, I, I think, and I'm never this optimistic, but I think we're going to be stunned with how much, uh, how great the draft class is going to turn out and how much better everyone plays when the trenches are, kicked up a notch and how much better people coach even when they're not trying to coach better when that happens.
0: Yeah. It's one of those things too, where when I think about Joe Douglas running the draft, it makes me that much more excited for the fact that he has four first round picks in the next two years to build around Darnold, because we've talked about how Darnold has not been surrounded by the situations that Baker has been in Cleveland or Lamar in Baltimore, Josh Allen in Buffalo, but two years of first, for round, four first-round picks in two uh, two years—that's you know—that's a lot I, of ammo for Joe I, I, Douglas I, I, to build around him.
1: If Makai Becton is somehow not starting week one, forget about it. it you know, it's a disaster. And then Gay ain't returning, and Douglas is going to be questioned, and it's the same old Jets. I think it—that's the first thing everyone has to watch.
0: Michael, your thoughts on uh, Adam Gase's prospects of what he needs to show you? You did your uh, you did a, had a great article on statistical benchmarks for Sam Darnold and the things that he needs to hit to validate, um, you know, progress. What are some of those things that you want to see from Adam Gase um, in 2020 to validate bringing him back in 2021 to the point where you'll be happy that he's brought back as the coach, at least content. And then the second part of that, do you think uh, he will do that?
1: Well,
2: I think like Robbie said, the offensive line is so important in deciding whether he can hit these goals that we have for him because I mean, we've been looking at, there were some examples in this, but um, there are so many examples throughout the season where the offensive line just gives you no chance to do anything. So I think it all starts with that. And if it doesn't pan out and it's still a complete mess, then just no one's going to be able to escape it, including Adam Gase. uh, It's going to drag down everything. And a big part of that is Makai Becton and what he can do as a rookie. Is he going to have growing pains or is he going to come out and be an instant star? they're really banking on that, and it makes him maybe the biggest X factor on the team because if this line's going to be better, he's going to have better this year. Becton's going to have to be a big part of it, so that's huge. But in terms of Gase, independent of all those factors, the biggest thing is Sam Darnold and his development. And, again, it goes back to the O-line, but independent of that, I think you just want to see, from my point of view, I want to see him do a better job uh, playing the tendencies, making sure that he's emphasizing his team's strengths, Uh, And based on down and distance situations, just doing what makes sense, not um, sticking like he will go. He'll what he does is he'll be too tied to just like a certain ideology, like we're going to run on second and long because that's what we're going to do, even though it's not what the Jets were good at last year. So I want to see him do a better job of um, just playing to his strengths, playing to what makes sense instead of uh, having these ideas that he's going to do no matter what to try to outsmart the opponent. Uh, And then usually he ends up outsmarting himself. So doing a better job, just being smarter uh, and not uh, trying to do too much uh, is really a big thing I want to see. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter the win column to me. It's about Darnold and the offense. Can you come out of this season uh, and go into 2021 feeling like this can be uh, a
0: top, a a top
2: half consistent, good offense year after year. I think that's the main thing you want coming out of this season Uh, and for them to, for, for you to feel that way, I think it has to be a good offense this year. It doesn't have to be great, but I think you need to see them at least be an average offense this year. And Sam Darnold make that leap into the you know twelve to fifteen range among starting quarterbacks.
1: And and uh, if everyone gets hurt again, like on the same day magically, I don't care. Gay <laughs> should not return. Gay should not return. So yeah. <laughs> that's my there's a dark cloud. That's my viewpoint. Like even through no fault of his own, if the O line is terrible again and the offense is bad again, he's got to go.
0: He's yeah, gotta he's, go. he's basically he's gotta be someone else. Yeah, I, in my mind, I agree. with that. I don't think his leash could be any shorter. Um, but I do think there's definitely a segment of Jets fans who just want Gase fired. And it's like, look, the best case scenario for the Jets is that Sam Darnold balls out and Gase returns. Because if Gase gets fired, that means most likely there's something wrong with Sam Darnold. There aren't many situations. Um, where Sam balls out and Gase gets fired. I agree with you, Michael, though. For me, you know, the last four weeks of 2018 were probably the most fun I've had as a Jets fan in, in a while. Uh, you know, 2015's up there, too, probably is number one. But those last four weeks, the Jets went one and three. It was really just the fact that I felt like I was watching the Jets franchise quarterback every week. And that's what made that, those last four games special to me. So it's like this season, if the Jets go seven and nine and Sam Darnold throws 30 touchdowns, I'll be happy. Um, so that's what I'm looking for. And when you look at Gase... You know, from a surface, his resume isn't as bad as it looks. You know, I think when you add in context and in some of the things that we've talked about in this video, it looks worse, but when it's like, okay, he was the offense coordinator for the most historic offense in league history. Yes. Peyton was the quarterback, but you still have to give him some props because that quarterback swears by him. Then it's like, he goes to Miami. He's 10 and six. They go to the playoffs without, and they lose, but they didn't have their starting quarterback the last few games of that season year two they go six and ten but their quarterback you know tears his acl and training camp out for the whole year year three again their quarterback misses games but they finish seven and nine but they were in it with three games to go you know they were the sixth seed with three games to go and then they lost all three and he gets fired and then he comes here quarterback gets mono forced to start luke falk they get off to a rough start and they finish six and two and they finish seven and nine so it's not great and sure there's some context and excuses that i that i made from there but On the surface, if you're looking back at Gase's resume five years from now, if he becomes a successful head coach, you you can look at those years and be like, well, they're not as bad as they look. So in my mind, I agree with you, Robbie. The excuses have been been made uh, for Adam Gase. I mean, every single excuse in the book. And at this point, his leash is short. He needs to produce or he'll be out of here. That'll probably do it for this uh, Adam Gase film session, unless Michael or Robbie has any last words to to throw at us. Um, But Robbie, I'll, I'll give it to you real quick. Um, any plugs you have, I mean, obviously your personal Twitter jets X factor, as I, as I mentioned oh, at yeah. the top of the pod, um, best jets website out there. And I firmly believe that I, I, even though the podcast have been on the website, I hadn't really gone and really fully explored it until the last month or so. And I've, and I've been reading it, you know, every single day, um, and going through YouTube and watching the clips. I'm really, really excited about, uh, this website, uh, and the, the content that's coming out. So all the plugs in the world uh, right now for jets X factor and Robbie, it's, uh, it's, uh, the mic is yours. Yeah,
1: Jets X Factor and uh, Cool Your Jets, obviously, all the podcasts, Blewett's film. He's going to have a, uh, uh, who's he doing? Bradley McDougald film session out really soon. And um, Jet X Shop, Nania. tell him all the ideas on Jet X Shop. Run CMG, Connor McGovern approved. His son has got some Run CMG shirts. Um, more ideas coming soon this weekend as well.
2: Yeah, I've been working on the ideas every single day. Yeah, to, to see one. McGovern wearing that was pretty awesome. But Yeah, uh, then there's one we, coming been pumping out them that's
1: out. great. There's one coming out about a, a cereal, a certain cereal I used to eat growing up, and it's perfect for this one player.
0: Trying to think, I, I, I'm not going to spoil it, but I don't think I can think of it off the top of my head, but I guess keep a lookout for that. I I'm, I gotta say I'm a big fan of the Flashden, uh shirt for for that, Ashton. That's mania. That was mania. Yeah. If he's good, I might buy that. I mean, it's a really good design on that one. Um, yes, yeah, so definitely. Some the man, the myth, the legend. I mean, how can you pass up having a punter t-shirt, especially <laughs> you, Michael? Um, I've, got, I've got. I haven't. I
2: don't even have one yet. But if I am gonna. At some point I have to get the man one. Hopefully he doesn't let us down though, because look, Punters can be bust too. Yeah, you so you're, hopefully he lives up to the hype. And
0: I you know there say, should be a Hennessy t shirt too, right? I mean oh,
1: considering he go. was on considering get... he was
0: on the podcast. He is a friend of the podcast. We definitely yeah. need to have a Hennessy shirt. Well, it's
1: perfect. I mean, there's a brand, a whole Hennessy brand out there that just fits him perfectly.
0: I got the sense that he was mildly annoyed by all the Hennessy jokes he gets uh, oh, really? about it. Well I I think he was he was actually really nice. So I think he was just like being uh funny but um michael as far as braden man goes i don't mean to say anything you're on your second marriage as far as it comes to uh punters considering your love fest with lag edwards and how you just you know completely left him and the kids after uh, <laughs> after he got released so i guess i guess it's smart to probably wait a season to see if braden man's worth uh, really i should shirt.
2: make another shirt it'll say best holder in the game it'll show lachlan <laughs> edwards and it will just have that x out and put braden man
0: under it there you go. That's instant cash right there. Um, you could follow us at CyjPod on Twitter. You could follow Michael at Michael underscore Nania. Follow myself at Ben W Blessington. Robbie, uh, I don't want to mess up your t- your Twitter is. Um...
1: Uh, what is my Twitter? Uh, just search <laughs> no, is... my name. Search <laughs> <laughs> my name. Robbie Sabo. It's, it's,
0: yeah. yeah, Robbie Sabo. No spaces. Okay, so okay. There you go. That's Robbie it. Sabo. Um, You can find this podcast where you listen to podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, just like a Cool Your Jets. We've now uploaded all the podcasts onto Jets X Factor's YouTube channel. So check out that YouTube channel for all of our podcasts and all the great content coming from Jets X Factor. As we talked about ad nauseum, JetsXFactor.com is the best place to go for Jets content. Outside of that, I've got no more plugs. Uh, I thought this was fun to go through uh, looking at all uh, some Adam Gay stuff. And, you know, I'm sure uh, we're going to have a, some more content coming your way as far as film reviews and sessions go robbie is the best in the game honestly for those sabo sessions during the season really looking forward to to more of those in 2020 um but outside of that that'll do it for us um i guess let's just hope there's a football season because i'm getting more and more excited the closer we get to the season so everybody stay healthy stay happy